Well, 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 here we are then. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pitch the Podium. And after a couple of weeks, now that the dust has settled, it's finally time to look at the next race weekend, the final one before the summer break. And it feels a bit sad to say that one, but it is what it is. And so here's what to expect on this episode today. Firstly, we discuss, is this a chance for a Hamilton as Hamilton approaches a ton of Grand Prix victories? Oh, does Red Bull and Max Verstappen finally get vengeance here at Hungary? Next, we discuss why the Hungara ring is just the right circuit at the right time coming up in the Formula 1 calendar. Finally, more on this battle by discussing room for any shenanigans this weekend. And also, we have to discuss more about the midfield and more specifically, well, which prancing horse is going to turn up here today, this weekend. So that's all that's to expect for this episode of the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pitch the Podium. Let's dive right into it. Well, hello there, folks. Welcome along. My name is Samuel Arora. You might know me from the driving force on Disney Plus Hotstar or the MX Player, because that's where the contract has expired now. And that's why the whole show is on MX Player. But you get the idea. That's the driving force for me. I'm joined by Kunal Shah, the former marketing head of the Force India Formula One team. Now, the motorsport consultant for the VS Sport Network in Norway. And I'm going to start off by making probably the pun that all of us will make this week. And I'm saying that I'm very hungry for more racing action this time, Kunal. And we certainly are going to get a lot of that this time out. Oh, we're going to get a lot of that. Thank you for the introduction, Samuel. I think I'm going to add a few more buzzwords that we will uh-huh. definitely hear this weekend, right? Monaco okay. without the walls. That's one thing I've been hearing ever since. It's been 36 years since the Hungarian Grand Prix or thereabouts, and it's been on every single time. I think the other one that comes across, and most drivers have said this in their press conferences, is it's like a big go-kart, a large go-kart circuit, right? <laughs> so it's it's that. And for once, Somil, I know it's the last race mm-hmm. before the summer break, but for once, I'm actually not upset about the fact that we're going to have a summer break and then the second half. And do you know why? I have to tell you why, right? Mm-hmm. Uh for the first time since I can ever remember, maybe for the first time in history, and this is where Sundaram comes in, as always, right? We have more races on the calendar post the summer break. So the second half of the 2021 Formula One season actually has more races than the first half, if we have 23 races on the calendar. Simple math, this is the 11th round of the season, so which means after the summer break, we will have 12 rounds. I thought I was already struggling to cover up everything in these last 11 weeks. And there's going to be more of that. Just crazy. And and if you're wondering why do we say if there are only 23 rounds, shameless plug back to the old episode that we did. What if F1 has less races and why they may have less races? So check that episode right there. But yes, Kunal, we have got probably one of the most emotionally satisfying battles on the field right now. It's on the plate right now. Verstappen versus Hamilton. Quite frankly, this is just going to be a blockbuster this time out. It's going to be a blockbuster. But before we go to Verstappen and Hamilton, right? I have to ask you a question and hence Mm -hmm. to everyone listening in as well. And, you know, guys, by the time you're listening, we are closer to the Grand Prix on Sunday, right? But this is a regular format of a Grand Prix weekend that we are back to. Friday practice, Saturday qualifying, Sunday race. It's the first time after an F1 sprint that we actually don't have that meaningful a Friday. Okay. And I don't know about you or before I ask you what you feel, Samuel, 
I uh-huh. suddenly wish we just had more excitement on Friday uh, yeah. than just the FP sessions, you know. And I will, of course, follow Formula Three and Dennis Hauger and and the likes. But I wouldn't have, you know, I, I would love for a more meaningful Friday. What do you think? That's a good point. That's that's a very good point, to be honest. Uh, but that's the marketing strategy of any good company. Uh, for instance, case in point, Geo in India get you habituated to it, get you used to it. And then even though you may not be the biggest fan, you just can't live without it, right? So that's how they're going to sell sprint qualifying to us. It's 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 just fun. And you're absolutely right. Fridays feel a bit hollow. There's not that sense of occasion this time. There is for Sunday, mind you, but, but not for Friday. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so I know it's not going to be every Grand Prix that we'll have a sprint weekend or whatever they call it. True. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I would have loved qualifying tomorrow i mean and then of course <laughs> i'm being greedy i just want action all the time right f1 track action exactly that's the case for all of us and let's dive right down into the first piece of action the first biggest piece of storytelling that's going to happen this weekend and we have to discuss well is this going to be a hamilton or does red bull and max Verstappen finally get vengeance now the blood hasn't dried up Kunal. i know it's a very crude way of putting it but Verstappen and red bull are still very emotive about this battle they're still very much on their heels. And yes, the dust might have settled in the fan communities. And finally, it, it helps to have a week-long break between Silverstone and Hungary, which has let some of the opinions calm down. It has it's let some of the waves die down a little bit. But inside both of the camps, I think the animosity is right there. And I think it will be the first race since the animosity levels have just been turned up to 11. And, and this could mean some madness in terms of racing action. It, you know, I can tell you, I sat through the press conferences right today. Yeah. Uh, and you could sense that Max was itching to get on track and let his driving do the talking. Of course, he was very measured in what he said on, um, you know, in, in his press conference and then what Lewis Hamilton said. And, you know, Max was constantly pointing out, you know, I went out, it was, I had a hard hit. Uh, not my fault. It was somebody else's fault. And Lewis said, I called Max, we sorted it out. So, you know, I think they're just warming up for what's going to come for the weekend. And I'll put it this way. It's actually fantastic that the Max and Lewis battle is going to resume uh, at the Hungaro ring. It's, it's It's a nasty circuit, right? You cannot overtake as easily, right? There is one DRS zone. There is complete emphasis on, uh, you know, on track position. So the battle will start all the way from qualifying, you know, and we've seen how just how close it is between the two in qualifying. And then, you know, we'll have the opening lap again because the driver who, you know, probably gets in front might just stay in front, especially if it's Max Verstappen. So it's it's you know it's it's brewing up to be an epic, uh, you know, weekend already for me, Samuel. And, you know, since since I'm talking about the circuit, you know, again, you know, Hungary has shown before, uh, you know, you could do a one or a two stopper, both options are viable. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, the pit lane time loss is just about 22 seconds, right? So it, it's, 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 everything is dialing in for giving us the climax on Sunday. And I really hope it's a climax and not an anti-climax. It could well be. That's just the case of how the last few odd seasons have been. But I think otherwise. And let's speak about the occasion for a moment, Kunal. Uh, Last year, of course, we will discuss more on this point in the next part. 
But uh, what I mean to say is last year, Mercedes were flying right here, right? And Hamilton, I think, had a few less wins right now. Mercedes, they have lost the edge since then. But at Hungaroring, we definitely saw and said, right, these guys are outstanding. Remember those qualifying onboard laps that we saw? The way they were just darting it on each of those corners. It's just sublime. But they no longer have the edge. And there's a real chance that Verstappen could end up postponing Hamilton's crowning moment, his 100th Grand Prix win by a few more races. It, who do you reckon actually has the edge over here? Uh, you know, we all know, at least in you know, the general sense that, that I get, and I'm sure everyone gets, that Red Bull is the quicker car. Max is able to do things in the Red Bull, which no other driver has. But similarly, you know, if the gap is as close as it was in Silverstone, it is the Hamilton factor that's allowing Mercedes to sort of get their nose in a fair bit. And then we see what happens, you know, when when the nose gets in a fair bit, there can be so many skirmishes, <laughs> right? So to me, I think, I think it, you know, yes, it's a Mercedes favorite circuit. It's a Hamilton favorite circuit. He could go for a record ninth win at the Hungaro ring this weekend, right? But I, I would say that the while the momentum is probably with them with, with the whole incident and so on, you know, Max, Red Bull, bouncing back with a vengeance, out to prove again that, you know, they have the faster package and they are the faster team. And then, of course, you know, something else that we will hear this weekend is which driver will take the psychological advantage going into the summer break. And that's another thing that will flow, uh, you know, uh, through the weekend as well. That's just one of the aspects. But coming back to Max, right? This past weekend, he was so intent on just getting back into the car. Firstly, he said that he felt like he'd done a couple of rounds of boxing with Tyson Fury. That's how dazed he was a week after the accident. And, and that says a lot. But Verstappen was back in the car, mind you. Ended up competing in the iRacing Spa 24 hours. And he did long stints. He competed for around 8-9 hours in that race. He was that intent on getting back. Even though he was not 100%, he was that focused. And he just wanted more track time. And it's not the most representative track time, definitely. But you can see the intent. You can see the focus right here. But Kunal, for a second, I know there's a good chance that it might not happen this weekend. But we have to speak about it. 100 Grand Prix wins for Lewis Hamilton. How big of an occasion could that be? That's, By the way, that's nine more than Michael Schumacher. Not that it has to be said because everyone knows that, but it 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 just baffles me to sit for a moment and think that Lewis Hamilton could very well have 100 Grand Prix wins at the end of this weekend. That's nine more wins. That's 10% more wins than Michael Schumacher. And Somil, again, I'm going to shamelessly plug a previous episode we did, and it was just an open question. How many wins do you think Lewis Hamilton will have by the time he retires from <laughs> Formula One? And I remember I, if, if, if my calculation was still right, then it was, of course, an assumption. I still I think it's going to be about 112, 115, 120. Who knows, you know, uh, <laughs> if this is not his last contract extension with Mercedes, which Toto Wolff says it isn't, you know. So it's going to be epic. It's going to be legendary in every way. And, uh, you know, it's, again, I don't think it's, you know, it, I'll put it this way, with the direction that Formula One is wanting to go in, where they want to have rules where teams don't end up dominating as much as, say, Mercedes have, right? Then I don't know if drivers will even get close enough to 100 Grand Prix mm. wins, even if, there are 25 races that happen in the season, right? 
But again, this is Formula One. Anything can happen and anything or everything does, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, since you mentioned Max's preparation, right? Uh, I'm sure you would have loved to know that he actually, you know, had a 24-hour sim race planned and he did that given your love for esports, Samuel. And today in the press yep. conference, he actually revealed that he drove eight and a half hours uh, of that 24 hours of that sim race. And he said it helped him get mm-hmm. back into focusing and concentration and likes. And it's it's incredible just what every driver does to get yeah. back into shape, especially after the beating he had, you know, last weekend. And when we were on the call for that, every single minute we got a comment, where is Max? We want to see Max. How is Max doing? Where is Max's team? How good is Max? Is he better than Lewis Hamilton? Is Hamilton racing in this race? There's just a sense of excitement and buzz around Max Verstappen this year that you can't quite match up. And it's outstanding to see. Outstanding to see the the feelings by then. And when Max came on track, when we were in the broadcast booth, I, I was just like, yeah, come on. It's, it's the Max show right now. Even though there were some other fun battles right now, we couldn't focus anywhere else. He was good that weekend. But I can only wonder what is he going to be like for Red Bull this time out. But one point that I have to bring out, Kunal, one very interesting topic is that we are coming at a circuit that, well, many people may not like on the sim. You know, many people may not like to drive one, but it genuinely is just the right circuit at the right time for this championship battle. Now, allow me to explain why. Uh, so take yourself back a couple of years. Hungary 2019, Red Bull Racing were clearly not the fastest car, but they still were good enough to put out quite a battle up against Mercedes. And Mercedes outsmarted them, outtricked them in what has become a legendary race in the world of Formula One since then. But even after that, Hamilton has literally been one of the best drivers at the Hungaro Ring ever. And Verstappen has shown signs of trouble over the last few years. Remember contact with Alex Albon in 2019, crashed on the way to the grid in 2020. But finally, the edge seems to be with the car. And Hamilton, well, at his quote-unquote home circuit in a way, he's got the slower car finally. Finally, he's the one chasing at the Hungaro Ring. It just matches up so well it does and you know uh to 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 me just the fact that it's the two of them battling time and again is is so great but let's remember monaco without the walls actually also means that ferrari might just be in contention guys remember who was on pole or almost on pole uh or not almost who actually had pole and crashed uh, in the dying minutes of the qualifying session in Monaco, it was Charles Leclerc. And luckily for Charles, if he gets pole this weekend, the walls are a little little further away from the actual racing circuit, uh, uh, you know, sawmill. But, uh, but, you know, before we get to Ferrari, right, I, I know you're being very humble about it and you're not being very direct about it, but mm-hmm. you should let our listeners know that in that 24-hour race that Max Verstappen is actually talking about, you yeah. were one of the commentators. You actually were commentating in that race. How was that experience? Uh, it's come to a stage where I can thankfully say, I've done that before. No, nah, just kidding. <laughs> I have done that before, but it, it's it's a certain different charm. It doesn't feel any different to any other esports race that you commented on. And by the way, they are mighty intense. You should check out Racepot TV, by the way. But uh, what I mean to say is when Max comes on, there's an air of excitement. When you see any other real-world driver come on, there's nothing like that. You've seen GT drivers come out. We've seen Formula 2 drivers race sometimes. Never, ever for Max. Nothing like when Max is around. It's just a different charm. And I was 
I mean, I shouldn't be astounded still, but every time it comes up on a race for TV broadcast, the chat fills up, our views go up by tenfold. It's the Verstappen effect. And the Verstappen effect will be prevalent on the track as well, because we're all so intrigued to discuss, well, how is he going to be like this weekend? Yes, and and this weekend, Samuel, you know, he's he's of course going to have multiple things. We spoke about the media that he was there, uh, you know, while we are recording this, and we actually waited a few hours while recording, given the whole request to review that Red Bull Racing has put forward to the FI stewards, right? So multiple fronts on which they are attacking, uh, you know, Mercedes and Hamilton. We've spoken about, you know, the FIA being used uh, and the teams lobbying the FIA to help mm. them in their, uh, you know, title battle. And here's Red Bull Racing trying to do something similar. And really, I really hope that Red Bull has more evidence than just a Karun Chandok video from Sky Sports. <laughs> and yes, we just discussed about Vistan, about Hamilton and his 100th win what the situation and the occasion is like for Max coming out and potentially taking out vengeance. But right now, I have to discuss one point that's been ringing on my mind for the last couple of weeks. And it's very similar to what we've seen at Hungary before. Cast your mind back to 2007. I think it probably has to be one of the most emotionally involving championship battles that we've ever seen between Hamilton and Alonso. Hungary 2007, we saw the, the infamous qualifying fiasco uh, happened within the McLaren team. And that was where you saw emotions trumping up from logic. This sense of getting one up over the other. This this thing that they call one-upsmanship, right? That we always see in Formula 1 between a Senna and a Prost, between a Hacken and a Schumacher. But it's not got that emotional in the last few years. It did with Rosberg. We didn't see it tip it over on the circuit. I think, you know, we should be on red alert in Hungary. This was one of the most... It's one of the most engaging moments uh, that we've seen in Formula One emotionally for the last few years. And, and Verstappen as well, he was so involved in it. We saw what he had to say about the crash as well. In case we get any shenanigans, there's a good chance we might not because, of course, Formula One drivers have evolved. They're, they're a lot less emotion in their track-based decision-making. But if, if there's any race where we should be on red alert, this is the one. Oh, yes, absolutely. And like I said, why Hungary is even more like the perfect place for their bout to resume. But guys, also remember, the first round in this whole bout and the whole if effect of the crash on the championship challenge and so on will be mm. felt in the Friday free practice sessions because uh -huh. Honda are actually going to use the same engine that Max crashed with at the British Grand Prix. They reckon that it should be fine, but they will run their tests, they will run their procedures before you know you know before understanding if max needs to take a penalty if so will it be this grand prix will it be at another one so apart from just the 1.8 million dollars of cost towards the crash that you know christian horner has been going on and on about it's also going to be in terms of grid penalties that could affect uh you know uh, uh max verstappen's title battle against lewis hamilton but no seriously do Honda build tanks as well? Can, can the engine actually survive a 51G impact? I don't know. That is just amazing. But uh, do you think we're at this age, Kunal, where Formula 1 drivers will take decisions more emotionally on the track? It used to happen in the past. We saw what Alonso did 10-odd uh, years ago. We recorded, we recorded this on his birthday, by the way, so it wouldn't be a good idea to say anything bad about him. But still. You know, you never know. The stakes are so high, right, that... At the end of the day, uh, you know, 
emotions could just get the better of some drivers but mm. uh, and could it be lewis hamilton this time you know you never know that right so uh it's it's so touch and go and it's been so close and we hope it remains this close because this is where the battle uh, you know this is where the fun has always been guys remember you know france the two races in austria baku yeah. was when red bull had a clear advantage and then it you know there wasn't really as much of a battle but i really hope these small upgrades that you know mercedes doesn't know that they're bringing to the car and the ones that they keep saying red bull are bringing to the car they keep coming they keep the they keep mm. the two teams as close in battle as as they can be somal exactly uh, you thought that the only fencing going on at a high intense level is at the olympics right now it's going to happen here as well they will be they'll be fighting hard this time out i'll tell you who will also be fighting hard there's going to be a lot in the midfield it could be ferrari but that's this big question kunal we we always just end up wondering this year it's been so so varied it's been so diverse which prancing horse turns up this weekend is it the well fed one or is it the lazy one that's still sleeping you can't tell with ferrari this year because uh, because they did so so great wonders at monaco and baku you thought that oh silverstone will be bad it's the complete opposite but they ended up almost winning that thing i don't know what's up with that team it's it's a bit perplexing very ferrari esque in a way very ferrari esque yes absolutely that's the word we all hope that is the well fed one because you know when they are in the fight uh you know especially with mclaren just about there as well you know and lando norris is going on and on about how they you know they didn't expect to be battling a mercedes for most of the british grand prix as well so with ferrari in the mix with even mclaren in the mix suddenly things just get that much more fun in the top 10 somel so uh you know it's it's at the end of the day uh carlos sainz more than charles leclerc has been my driver to cheer for not for mm-hmm. any you know passion reasons or personal reasons but just the way in which he's settled in and the way in which he's gotten comfortable with that ferrari and so on and i was pulling out some stats and uh for most of the teams it's the number one driver or the senior driver that's done over 60% of scoring in the constructors championship points up until mm. hungary but for ferrari it's actually almost close to 50-50 and that's that's yeah. what you know charles leclerc and you know carlos sainz they've been so evenly matched so i'm also excited to see their interteam uh, battle out there No, hundred percent, hundred percent. Carlos Sainz has been superb. When you put that into context, we often speak about giving Perez time for adapting to the Red Bull, for giving Vettel time for adapting to the Aston Martin. Here it is, Carlos Sainz coming in and hitting home runs already. He has been mighty good. But you know, I'm going to ask you a question that Ferrari themselves don't know the answer to. Why are Ferrari so so varied in their performance? Why are they so here, there, and everywhere in that case? I really wish. i knew i wish they knew i wish <laughs> i wish someone knew that right but here's a very very interesting stat about ferrari that you know i i mm-hmm. i was reading about and i i came a came up on uh, and i was so intrigued that i manually checked the results for this right so mm-hmm. the hungarian grand prix has been around since 1986 now we already know that right uh but here's the fun thing it was only in 1999 that ferrari saw both their cars take the checkered oh, flag they said both they saw both their cars finish the race so 13 seasons <laughs> where they actually had 
one car not seeing the checkered flag. Can you believe that? I mean, it's the 1980s, right? It's the 80s level of reliability that we all end up knowing. It, it, it was a different era, but 30 years in a row, that is, well, what can I say? That, that's just bizarre. That, that's just what it is. That's why I love the Hungara ring, right? Just throws up things at you. Who could have imagined stuff like that happening? Who could have imagined, for that matter, all the great battles that we've seen here over the last few years as well? It's a curveball. It's not it's not conventional, but as you mentioned, it's a big go-kart. I, I like it. It throws up these sort of elements. Gotta love the circuit. It is, and it's got so much history. You know, it's just not spoken to in the same breath as Monza yeah. or Monaco or Belgian Grand Prix or the likes. But you know, it's uh, it was the first race behind the Iron Curtain, Iron Curtain uh, yes. and and you know, it's so much history behind that as well. Uh, one of the other things that you know we will keep hearing time and again, and I actually heard this from at least three to four drivers, is how much they enjoy driving at this circuit, especially the second sector, which is from turns no. four to turn eleven. It's fast flowing. It's a very active sector. You're constantly doing something, uh, you know, and this is where the driver sort of makes a difference. And it's, uh, you know, while it may not be a great uh, spectacle for us without, you know, all the overtakes and so on happening, I'm sure the drivers are going to have a, have a great time this weekend, Samuel. It's what I say whenever we're racing GTEs on the sim. They're big machines, by the way. Each overtake may not be as great in volume. I mean, the overtakes may not be as great in volume, what I mean to say. is that You might not see many of them, but each of them counts so much more. Imagine Hamilton's pass on Verstappen back in 2019, what Barrichello and Schumacher did 10, 11 years ago now. It's, it counts and it matters so much more here at the Hungaro Ring. And speaking of it being a great circuit for drivers, just after this is done, of course, watch the onboard lap from Lewis Hamilton taking pole position at Hungary last year. It was so good, it didn't even sink in. It's that crazy. Absolutely. When Lewis is on flow, especially on that one lap pace, it's incredible, Samuel. Yeah, 100%. Now, finally, before we go off, we have to speak a little bit more about the other drivers in the midfield, about the other teams, the other stories. And uh, it, and seeing, uh, seeing it as other might make it look like a bit irrelevant, but this certainly isn't this time now. George Russell could potentially have a shot. We've spoken about Ferrari. McLaren could very well be in the mix this time. They've shown themselves to be quite a versatile team in that aspect. But Daniel Ricciardo says that he feels rejuvenated. I'm paraphrasing, but you get the idea. Yeah, I mean, you know, McLaren has definitely surprised all of us. Uh, and we've kept saying this. And th the next thing we also say after we talk about McLaren is that Lando Norris has kept surprising all of us for, yeah. for all good measure, right? And uh, talking about Ricardo, he actually had his season best uh, finish uh, at the British Grand Prix. So it's understandable that he's feeling the way he's feeling, Sommel, right? And a very, very interesting stat. Again, this came up during today's press conference. Daniel Ricardo is the highest placed driver in uh, the Drivers' Championship to have not stood on the mm. podium this season. So a bit of an ouch moment for me when I actually heard that. But trust Daniel to be the guy who will actually bounce back. And it's 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 great to see it's great to you know see McLaren recover. And now it's going to be even more fun to see Daniel recover and you know sort of find his way closer to Norris or maybe even ahead of Lando Norris should that happen this season. 
Yeah, who knows? And who knows? Maybe if Daniel Ricciardo can take that car from pits to podium. Had to say that once. It's been a year since we started. I have never said that. So there goes my free pass that we've got right here. But more on the other drivers in the midfield, Kanal. Uh, I want to speak about Pierre Gasly before we end up. This was, I think, the first time that we saw his dream run of qualifying end this year. Pierre Gasly is not qualifying in the top 10. That ended in Silverstone, by the way. I- I'm very intrigued. Gasly has been having some great qualifying results. But the Alpha Tauri... It's a less spoken about car, obviously. Uh, it's a sister team of Red Bull, so it won't get as much uh, a spotlight. But I've been intrigued. And many people online have also been intrigued about what, what's going on right there. Why have they got such awesome qualifying pace? Even Sonora, by the way, looked pretty decent in the last couple of rounds, but just no conversion at all. It, well, it's it's a question that, you know, Alpha Tauri is best placed to answer. And it could mm. it could well be you know that uh, they they started the season fairly strong. Let's remember, but the other teams have probably out developed them. It could be one of those reasons as well. And uh, you know, Alpha Tauri has a place within the Red Bull ecosystem. And I don't think if you ask Dietrich, uh, you know, where did they finish last year in the constructors' championship? <laughs> maybe he doesn't remember that. So that's that. But yes, Pierre Gasly definitely a you know, driver to watch, uh, you know, as uh, as he hopefully bounces back. And, you know, I'm certain he will because we all have sort of these blips in what we do in life. And he probably just went through that at Silverstone. Absolutely. But there is going to be no blip in the viewership. That is for sure. This is going to be a blockbuster weekend. And I won't let you go, Kunal, before we've got predictions. Now, as the last round of the Pits to Podium Grand Prix prediction competition, because of course, the summer break is right here. So, we haven't done this for a few weeks. Time to put ourselves on the spot. Top three, Kunal. And, and of course, fastest lap. Yes. So, the news has just come in. Just uh-huh. come in, Samuel. That the okay. stewards will not further follow up the Verstappen-Hamilton incident. Ah. We have judged that there is no significant additional evidence to penalize Hamilton more severely following Red Bull's request. And I'm reading parts of that, right? So the full focus is now to this Grand Prix weekend, which brings my prediction into focus. I think it's going to be a Red Bull uh, win this weekend. Uh, But I'm actually more interested in seeing what Checo Perez is able to do and Valtteri Bottas as well. Because guys, remember, we are going into the Mm -hmm. summer break. That's when the you know the driver silly season usually picks up, right? Yeah. And both Red Bull and Mercedes have a vacant seat for 2022, and we don't know who's fighting for uh, you know uh, Checo Perez's seat at Red Bull, but we definitely <laughs> know that it's a Bottas versus Russell for the seat at Mercedes. So I know I've moved away from the whole prediction thing, but like I said, Red Bull all the way for me, Samuel. Okay. Good one. Good one. It's it's a battle to see who ends up at the lower of the two midfield teams. Alfa Romeo, Williams, if you know what I mean. But yes, it's going to be fun. My prediction is quite clear. I've, I am very low down on the table, so don't follow me. But I'm going to go with Slappin, Hamilton and Perez for this one. So that's my take. What is your take? Submit that by clicking on the link down in the description below. But folks, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pitch the Podium. You know the deal. Catch us right there on Sunday evening for our race review. But Kunal, thank you so much for being a part and we shall see you in a short bit. See you guys on Sunday. Thank you so much.